Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Today on Parse Per Billion, we head up to the Supreme Court and see how the rest of its term is looking. Do they have any environmental cases coming up? Oh yeah, you betcha. Hello and welcome back once again to Parts Per Billion, the environmental podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. So today we're talking about the United States Supreme Court. We're about a third of the way through its current term. We've already seen oral arguments on a few environmental cases, but get ready to see several more. The court just agreed to hear two more environmental cases last week. That makes six cases currently outstanding on its docket right now. Bloomberg Law's Ellen Gilmer recently wrote a story rounding up all these cases and summarizing the storylines behind them. I spoke to her about why the court's environmental docket is so active this term. But first, I started by asking her about a climate change case that the justices will hear one day before President-elect Biden takes office, giving the Trump administration one final chance to argue before the Supreme Court. It's just an issue of timing, yeah. It's an interesting climate change-related case. Uh, it's really a procedural case that's at the Supreme Court. And that's when the Supreme Court scheduled arguments. So the Trump administration um, has a chance to argue alongside the oil and gas industry in that case. Um, it's a lawsuit that Baltimore filed against uh, a number of oil and gas companies a couple of years ago. This is the, the, the city of Baltimore. The city of Baltimore saying that the industry should be on the hook financially for the local impacts of climate change. So flooding and, and heat waves that Baltimore is experiencing. Um, so without going into all the procedural details, there's this big procedural mess uh, that's been happening in the litigation. There's a fight over state versus federal court um, and where the case belongs. And there are some really technical issues uh, related to that that have come up in several different court cases. And so the Supreme Court decided to get involved in that mess. But I guess, you know, you mentioned this is an issue of timing. Um, I wonder if the fact that the Trump administration lawyers are, are allowed to argue in this case will have any impact on the outcome or if it's just a quirk of, of, you know, who gets to argue the government side? Well, the Supreme Court pretty much always grants the Solicitor General's request to argue in a case. So it's not surprising that it got granted here. It's not clear that the government's involvement will be a deciding factor in the case. Um, it's a very wonky issue. Um, of, of jurisdiction and appellate courts and the scope of appellate review. So it's likely that the justices on the Supreme Court have like some pretty strong ideas about all of that already. Um, but it is, I mean, it's certainly interesting just to see the timing because 
the incoming Biden administration. It hasn't commented on this specific procedural issue that's before the court, but it has more generally uh, expressed support for climate litigation from cities like Baltimore. Okay, let's get into what's happening after January 20th and the inauguration. Um, You had a great story uh, recently just sort of going into how the the court's environmental docket for this year is pretty full. Um, But I get the sense that while they have a lot of environmental cases, they don't have any big blockbusters. Like there's no Massachusetts VEPAs on their docket. Um, is that the case? Am I reading that right? I think that's a good way to put it. There is definitely no Mass VEPA. There is definitely not even, you know, a, a County of Maui type case, which was a big Clean Water Act case last term. There's nothing that's at that level. But there are some really important cases. And after the Supreme Court recently added two more environmental cases to its docket, we decided like, whoa, there's a lot going on here. We better we better break all this down because there are actually so, so many interesting ones to watch right now. We already talked about the Baltimore case, which is kind of a climate adjacent uh, case. And then we've got a couple of, of water cases where you have uh, states that are fighting with each other over uh, different shared uh, water basins and, and who gets the right to how much water. One of those cases has already been decided. Another one is set for oral argument next month. And and we should say we're, we're going to get into that in just, just a second. That's a really interesting case. Definitely. And then the Supreme Court also just added uh, a case that has to do with the renewable fuel standard, uh, which is a fun, wonky issue. And uh, another case that has to do with the Superfund, uh, which is interesting because the Supreme Court like historically hasn't been super interested in Superfund cases, but uh, it just took up a different Superfund case last term. And here it is again, taking up a Superfund case. This one has to do with Guam and who and whether Guam or the United States should have to pay to clean up this big landfill mess. So I want to focus on the renewable fuel case just because that's something that I'm interested in. The Superfund case sounds very interesting, but, um, you know, let's just let's talk about this one. Uh, For those that aren't familiar, the Renewable Fuel Standard is a program that the government has that mandates that, you know, a certain percentage of gasoline be made with renewable fuels, and mainly that's ethanol made from corn. And, um, you know, this has created a lot of conflict between the fossil fuel industry and oil refiners versus farmers. Farmers want their their percentage to be higher. Uh, Oil refiners want the percentage to be lower. Um, So what's this case before the Supreme Court? Uh, about? And could this actually like, um, you know, change the way this program works? Or is this just, you know, a technical case on the margins? It's a narrow issue, but it has really high stakes. Uh, It would change, it could change uh, the way EPA gives some refiners waivers, gives them a break from, from meeting annual quotas. Uh, so basically, uh, like you said, the renewable fuel standard sets these these annual uh, quotas for blending in biofuels, and uh, refiners can either m- meet the the quota or they can purchase credits. But sometimes EPA will issue a waiver to say, like, we see that this is going to be really hard on you. We're going to give you a break, and there's a bunch of criteria that feeds into that. 
About a year ago, there was a really important decision from the 10th Circuit, which is the circuit court that's based in Denver, that said uh, the eligibility uh, criteria for these uh, waivers is actually super na- like much narrower than what EPA had been applying. So the 10th Circuit said a refiner could only get a waiver if it had been continually receiving waivers in the past. So that's that's good news for farmer for corn farmers especially bad news for uh, oil refiners. So oil refiners say that like if this is the standard and if this idea if this approach were applied nationwide, only a handful of us would even ever be eligible, and like some of us would go out of business. Small refiners would go out of business. Um, so it's it's very high stakes. Um, the refineries are are extremely excited that the Supreme Court decided to take up their case and hear them out. And and so that's definitely one one to watch. It's not going to restructure the whole the, the standards, but it is going to affect the way they're apply the way that the waivers for the standards are, are handed out. And, and before we move on from this, it's it's I think it's always notable to point out that uh, this is an issue uh, that former talk show host and automobile enthusiast Jay Leno is very passionate about. He is uh, against the renewable fuel standard because apparently he says that. Uh, putting uh, fuel that contains ethanol into cars reduces their performance, and that is something that he uh, doesn't like. So Jay Leno, uh, renewable fuel standard crusader, may be watching this case. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Uh, let's move on to a case that's going to be uh, come up. It's going to come up for oral argument next month. This is a case. I think the the title, the caption is Florida v. Georgia, and this is over water, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, this has been going on forever. Uh, what's you know briefly outline this and and talk about the stakes here. In short, it's about a shared water basin. It's uh, the Apalachicola Chattahoochee Flint River Basin, which flows from Georgia to Florida. Uh, and in essence, Florida says Georgia is using too much water. Uh, that would be Georgia businesses and farmers in particular are using too much water. There's not enough water going downstream, and Florida's uh, valuable oyster industry in the panhandle is suffering because of that. Right. They're saying that the estuary that dumps into the, the Gulf is drying up. Right. 
so the stakes are are obvious for for Florida and Georgia. How much water do the Georgia farmers get to use? How much water uh, gets to go downstream um, and is available for the oysters and the oyster industry? Um, and kind of zooming out and looking at it more broadly, what we've heard from water law experts is that cases like this, in general, these kind of water fights between states are likely to increase um, as climate change stresses water supplies, as both climate change and kind of population um, density patterns and stuff, as, as those different changes stress existing water supplies, you'll see more fights over which state has the right to how much water so Florida v. Georgia is just an example of, of one of those fights happening in the East, and uh, it could really set the tone for how much leverage a downstream state like Florida has in this kind of fight. I actually, I knew it was very high stakes for Florida and Georgia, but that's even higher than I thought. This could set a precedent for other states, and you know, you're right, we're going to see a lot more of these state versus state lawsuit over, lawsuits over uh, water in the future. That's, that's a big deal. So that's coming up next month. Um, finally, let's take a step back here. Um, you know, as we mentioned at the top, you know, the court is accepting a lot more environmental cases, it seems like, uh, or maybe, you know, just slightly more than, than usual. Um, why do you think that is? It seems like the, the current court, as it's configured, seems kind of eager to jump into these uh, questions on environmental statutes. Is that the case? And if so, why? I'm not sure if there's really anything to be read from the cases on the court's docket this term. I do think the Maui case from the last term, which focused on the scope of the Clean Water Act, I think that was definitely an example of the court looking at an environmental statute that feeds like an endless stream of litigation and uh, and saying like, we need to, to clarify this, this at least this one particular particular conflict that's arising out of it. So that was an example of it. These cases this term are all a, just a little bit wonkier and don't get to the core of the statutes quite as deeply. So I'm not sure it indicates anything like that. It's more a, a, a just a matter of circumstance that all of these high stakes fights were brewing at the same time and uh, and the court needed to fill up its docket. That's a good point. I mean, I, I guess, you know, you and I cover the environment. And so I we always hear about all these statutes that are really vague and where the case law is confusing. But I'm sure there are other aspects of the law that you and I don't cover where there's also vague case law and vague statutes. So, um, you know, this, the court always has a lot on its docket. So, so it sounds like what you're saying is just, you know, just potentially a coincidence that we have all these cases, um, you know, enough, there's not, we can't necessarily read in, into anything just yet. I would watch for, I would watch the docket in the future for some of those bigger cases, because I, I do think the justices, many of the justices are eager to dig into some of the more contentious provisions of environmental statutes, um, especially in the Clean Air Act. Um, so I think we'll see as the Biden administration starts to uh, enact its policies and unwind Trump era policies, we'll see some new fights set up and we'll see more of those like really high stakes uh, environmental law issues that uh, that the justices like maybe have been eager to get their hands on. That's it for today's episode of Parts Per Billion. If you want more environmental news, check us out on Twitter. We use a relatively easy handle to remember. It's just at environment. That's our handle at environment. 
just that. If you want to talk to me, I'm at David B. Schultz. Today's episode of Parts Per Billion was produced by myself and Josh Block. Parts Per Billion was created by Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle. The music for today's episode is A Message by Jazar and Running by Enrico Pieranuzzi and Silvano Chiamente. They were used under Creative Commons license. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. This is Adam Ellington, and I'm here to announce a new season of Uncommon Law, a narrative podcast series from Bloomberg Law. My co-hosts and I will speak with African-American attorneys and hear their perspectives on how big law is, or in some cases, isn't adapting to become more diverse and inclusive. It's not fair, but what can be better than being on the front lines of helping to make this country better for all of us? If not us, who? If not now, when? Just search for Uncommon Law wherever you get your podcasts. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.